Hey everyone, it's Mickey here and welcome to this week's Mini Wikipedia Monday. And today I want to address the potential problem of low B12 levels. I have seen levels from clients when they get their bloods measured at the lab tests and they send me over their results that report that the B12 is normal or within normal range, yet it is low. And that's an issue. Vitamin B12 or cobalamin is essential for several key functions in the human body. And this includes brain function. It's essential for the production of neurotransmitters and helps to maintain healthy nerve cells and red blood cells. DNA synthesis, playing a role in the synthesis of DNA, the genetic material that controls the growth and division of cells. Energy metabolism, helping to convert food into energy and is necessary for the production of red blood cells as well. Mental health, essential for neurotransmitter production and pregnancy and fetal development. B12 is important for the healthy development of the nervous system and brain in fetuses and infants. And we find B12 only in animal products, so it is not available in plant-based products. That is why having a good intake of B12 is really important first and foremost from food. And this would include dairy products, meat, poultry, fish, eggs, and things like that. Now, whilst there are some plant-based products that report that they have B12 in them, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can actually utilize this B12. And often they are a form of B12 that can in fact bind our own B12 and prevent us or block us from using that. So those types of B12 in vegetable-based or plant-based products are not a usable form of B12. The normal reference range for B12 when you get your B12 measured at a lab test is around about 110 to 600 picomoles per litre here in New Zealand. And it's similar in other Western countries at around that level. Interestingly, and for reference, in Japan it is considered low if your B12 level is below 500 picograms. And that equates to 369 picomoles per litre, which is over double or actually triple what the lower cutoff in New Zealand is for B12 deficiency. The prevalence rates of B12 deficiency when we use these standard cutoffs is estimated to range from 1 to 15%. So it doesn't seem like an overly big problem. And in addition to that, factors such as age, dietary habits, and gut health can increase the risk of deficiency. However, if we consider the possible implication of having a low B12 that falls within a range such as that which you find in a country like Japan, then there may be some issues, and this is what I'm going on to talk about. In terms of who might be most at risk, it is older adults. They're particularly susceptible to B12 deficiency as their ability to absorb the vitamin from food decreases with age. Vegetarians and vegans who don't consume meat and animal-derived products are also at risk for B12 deficiency. And additionally, anyone with gut-related conditions such as Crohn's disease, celiac disease and other autoimmune disorders can have difficulty absorbing B12 from food, and this can also lead to deficiency. 
However, as I said, it's not just being below the reference range that's the issue. It's having a low B12 that still sits within normal that might not raise red flags with your physician or doctor. Subclinical B12, and that's what that I'm referring to, this might be a much broader problem and missed, as blood levels can fall within normal range. So subclinical B12 deficiency, as I was referring to, refers to a state where the levels of B12 in the body are low, but not low enough to cause obvious symptoms or be flagged on a blood test. This can be a problem for women in particular, who is the cohort I see time and again that have low B12 levels, and this is for several reasons. The first probably obvious one is pregnancy. So a low B12 level in pregnancy can lead to negative effects on the fetal brain development and increase the risk of preterm birth and low birth weight. Low B12 levels have been linked to cognitive decline and memory loss, particularly in older women, but in men as well. And in fact, levels below 300 picomoles have also been found to be associated with increased cognitive decline. So that's a real issue. Cardiovascular disease, B12 plays a role in maintaining healthy homocysteine levels. This is an amino acid that has been linked to increased risk of heart disease. Subclinical B12 deficiency can therefore increase the risk of cardiovascular disease in women and men, and this is often a marker used to determine if B12 is too low, and we'll talk about that in a minute. And also mood and mental health. B12 is important for the production of neurotransmitters, as I mentioned, and low levels can contribute to mood changes and depression. Therefore, it's really important for women to be aware of the potential consequences of subclinical B12 deficiency and to have their B12 levels monitored regularly, especially during pregnancy or as they age. Actually, though, many women that I speak to are in their perimenopausal years, thus not defined by these particular age brackets. And they're struggling with some of these subclinical problems, but aren't registering as low according to their blood test results. And it's worth mentioning that one of the main symptoms that people can experience is brain fog. And I hear this time and again. Brain fog is a term used to describe a feeling of confusion, forgetfulness, mental fatigue, walking into a room and forgetting why you were in there. Low levels of B12 can contribute to this by affecting several key functions in the body, some of which I've mentioned earlier. B12, as I've said, is essential for the maintenance of healthy nerve cells and helps to prevent neurodegeneration. Low levels of B12 can cause numbness, tingling and cognitive problems. Because B12 helps the body convert food into energy, Low levels can lead to feelings of fatigue and mental exhaustion if it's not being able to be utilised in this role. B12 is involved in the production of neurotransmitters, which are chemicals that help regulate mood and cognitive function. Low levels of B12 can contribute to depression, anxiety and mood changes. And one of those neurotransmitters, dopamine, is essential for motivation. If B12 isn't available to help with the production of these, it can certainly cause low mood, low motivation and brain fog. B12 is necessary for the production of red blood cells, which carry oxygen to the brain. Low levels of B12 can cause anemia, which can lead to brain fog and cognitive functions. And I would say that this is not an often talked about issue, or rather, people aren't as aware of it as maybe they should be. And so often we blame things like hormones on 
changes in our brain. And while that certainly may be a contributing factor, I think B12 could be one of those low-hanging fruits and it's certainly worth sort of looking at. However, it is not immediately obvious that your B12 level is insufficient. And I think this is where one of the problems lie. Yes, the number, as stated above, can be a clear indication. So if you have a low B12, then it is certainly indicative that you may not have enough available for some of these essential functions. But having B12 in your blood doesn't always indicate that you can use it. So a high B12 doesn't necessarily mean that it's also able to be used. And this is due to the way that vitamin B12 is stored and regulated in the body. Vitamin B12 is stored in the liver and this can take years to deplete, meaning that a person can have normal vitamin B12 levels in the blood despite not having enough for their body's needs. Additionally, certain factors, as I mentioned before, age and medical conditions can affect our body's ability to absorb B12. This leads to a deficiency despite normal B12 levels in the blood. Therefore, it's always important to consider other symptoms and factors in addition to the vitamin B12 levels in the blood to determine if a person is deficient in B12. There are clinical tests though, such as measuring methylmalonic acid, MMA, or homocysteine levels that can also help to provide a more complete picture of a person's vitamin B12 status. The methylmalonic acid test measures the levels of MMA in the blood, which is a byproduct of protein metabolism. In individuals with adequate B12 levels, MMA is converted to something called succinyl-CoA, and this is then used in the citric acid cycle to produce energy. In individuals with B12 deficiency, the conversion of MMA to succinyl-CoA is hindered, and this leads to elevated levels of MMA in the blood. Hence, a high level of MMA in the blood indicates a B12 deficiency, and this test is considered to be a more accurate indicator of B12 deficiency compared to a traditional vitamin B12 test. Because as mentioned earlier, vitamin levels can sometimes be normal even in the presence of deficiency. Similar to MMA, homocysteine levels in the blood can also be used as an indicator of deficiency because B12 is involved in the conversion of homocysteine to methionine. In cases of B12 deficiency, homocysteine levels can build up because the conversion rate is hindered, again, leading to elevated homocysteine levels in the blood. Therefore, a high homocysteine level in the blood can suggest vitamin B12 deficiency, although it's not a definitive diagnosis, and other tests and factors should also be taken into consideration. Those tests might be an MMA test, again looking at symptoms, and also having a consideration for age, function, and gut-related issues. Now, there are many supplemental forms of B12 that someone can take if they find that they are subclinically low in B12, and the most common one is in the form of cyanocobalamin. Cyanocobalamin is the most commonly used form in dietary supplements, but it is not considered the best form of supplementation by some health professionals. The reason for this is that cyanocobalamin must be converted by the body into an active form of B12, such as methocobalamin and adenosylcobalamin, in order to be used effectively. The conversion process might not occur efficiently in some people, particularly older adults, those with certain health conditions, and also people who might have a genetic SNP in their methylation genes that inhibit that conversion. Therefore, methocobalamin, transcobalamin, 
and adenosyl cobalamin are often considered to be a better form of B12 supplementation as they are already in their active form and do not require conversion by the body. As the B vitamins work synergistically, it is often recommended to take alongside other B vitamins such as folate or in a complex. There are multiple brands of B vitamins out there, as I've said, and those that are worth considering from a brand perspective, off the top of my head, we've got Thorn, that's T-H-O-R-N-E, Jaro, Biobalance, and Life Extension are four widely available and easily accessible supplements that don't require a practitioner script. And of course, there are many other really good ones as well. Eagle, Douglas Labs are two that immediately come to mind. Uh, Pure Encapsulations would be another one, but these are practitioner-only supplements. I would also recommend taking B vitamins in the morning as taking them at the night can make you very alert uh, due to its role in energy metabolism. So you are definitely better off taking these in the morning. And these often come in high doses, but it is difficult to take too much. So it is a, it is a very safe supplement. So you do not need to worry about that. Okay, so that is in a nutshell, B12. So my advice to you is If you are concerned by any of the symptoms that you might be experiencing, especially brain fog, then I would get my B12 measured. In fact, another symptom that came up with a client of mine was hypotension. So she was experiencing dizziness and lightheadedness whilst she was exercising, which could also be put down in addition to some of these other symptoms to a B12 deficiency. One of the things I didn't mention actually were B12 injections. Now, we aren't able to get these off the shelf, but you can ask your doctor for them. And that actually is my recommendation if I'm seeing anyone in the below low 200s for their B12 level. So that is definitely worth considering with your doctor, particularly if you are symptomatic. Um, Again, completely safe and they can make a world of difference to how you're feeling. Okay, so that's Minemicopedia information related to this mini episode will be on my blog so do check that out otherwise have a great week